This episode is powered by Safety FM. The Crucial Talks Podcast with your host, Mike Saddam. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Saddam, and welcome back to the Crucial Talks Podcast. Now, on this podcast, if you've been listening for a while, you know we talk a lot about people as social beings, people that really crave the esteem and belonging they get from others. Now, we've also had guests talk about how technology can keep us all connected, but during those conversations or during that interaction, we may be missing the deeper levels of emotional connection that people truly need. And today, we get to talk about this intersection where technology that keeps us connected, things like phones and computers and tablets, where those things meet with a social animal that is programmed like we have been for eons. This intersection where the person and technology meet comes with certain benefits, but it also comes with some drawbacks. Today's guest is Carolyn McCabe Duyelmo. She has worked in the safety, public health, and workforce management industries for quite a while now. She's an internationally recognized workplace safety and health professional who has worked in the national arena on safety and health policy, legislation, research, advocacy, outreach, and even doing death investigations since 1996. Now, her experience includes things like conducting death investigations for firefighters that have died in the line of duty. And she has published nationally nationally recognized recommendations for for prevention for the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, which we all know is NIOSH. Now, she has represented the construction industry to senior federal agency officials, members of Congress, and congressional committees. And this includes things like the National Asphalt Pavement Association, Associated General Contractors of America, and the National Association of Home Builders. She has developed training and outreach for construction contractors on how to manage safety and health within their companies. Now, all of that being said, she's also an advanced yoga and how do you say this, Carolyn? Meditation <laughs> practitioner. So, so she's really got this broad depth of, of experience and included with that is over 20 publications. Now, she's not only tactically proficient, she also has a master's of science in safety and environmental management from the College of Engineering and Mineral Resources at West Virginia University. So what we get to talk to her about today is really a lot of her experience, but really a lot of her education also on how we're dealing with these these technical pieces of the world we live in. Now, we're going to talk about this concept of techno stress, including what it is, how it affects people, and what can we do about it. So without further ado, I really want to welcome Carolyn Duyelmo to the Crucial Talks podcast. How are you today, Carolyn? I'm great, Mike, and thank you so much for inviting me as a guest today to talk about this really important issue, and uh, it's an emerging public health crisis, uh, as well uh, as techno-stress is an issue that affects um, everybody's mental health, from child until worker, teacher, Everybody, construction worker, police, firefighters, everybody. Well, we've heard a lot. You know, I've kind of given your background here. So where did you start seeing this trend or this issue kind of bubbling up? 
Well, quite frankly, um, back in 1996, when I was first starting my career, um, it was just when the internet was, was coming about. And uh, what occurred was I was sitting at my desk um, in Washington, D.C. I had to send lots of emails and do research online. And I realized, and, and I also have a little bit of a background in medical anthropology, and I realized that sitting there at a desk all day from nine to five, looking into a light bulb um, was, was overstimulating our central nervous systems. And so I wrote a, a article for uh, my, uh, one of my past employers in our employee newsletter because obviously um, with this technology, there are um, some adverse health effects that people don't necessarily know about because we are conditioned in our society to look at the next bright, shiny item that comes out in marketing. And people do very little research on how are these products and services and goods affecting our, our physical and our mental health. So that's when I first started taking a look at this issue. Um, and this was way before Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and, you know, every, everything else under the sun. Um, and obviously, as you, as you know, um, we are, have been conditioned in our society and American culture to do things faster, quicker, um, more convenient, which may not necessarily be good for our mental and physical health. Well, now at a educational or at a knowledge-based level, I think most people understand that these bright, shiny objects, the computer monitors and the cell phones and all that come with certain issues related to health and that sort of thing. But now you have a background in safety. So are you also seeing, I mean, we, we get it when we're at home and we're always on the phone or we get it when we're in a cubicle and we're always on the computer, but are you seeing in the safety space, this, this sort of stuff, even affecting people that are doing the you know, the, the, the tactile level work, the labor type of work, the workers, the operators, the construction folks, people that are in the trenches doing the things that keep this country going that we really count on. Are you seeing these technical issues also coming up with them? Sure. Um, currently um, in industry, at least the construction industry and ag industry, we're seeing a high, high um, increase of suicides and people with mental health issues and you know when you're working on a construction when one is working on a construction site obviously there is a, the hazards are changing moment by moment every nanosecond and you have all kinds of people and you know if you have people on like for example a laborer or an operator um, maybe bringing out their phone and taking a look at messages or, or looking up their football scores. I mean, if, if one just looks away for a moment, um, something can happen. There could be, there could be a um, incident um, where people aren't paying attention. 
But, you know, right now what we're seeing is people are having a very hard time and focusing and our attention spans um, keep being reduced because of all of this technology. Um, Pew Research back in uh, 2000 researched that the average adult attention span was 12 seconds. As of 2013, um, it's, it was reduced to eight seconds. So when we are switching our brain around every 12 seconds, eight seconds, we lose focus. Um, we become a little disheveled. Um, we, we, we get some anxiety. I mean, constantly clicking around, looking at different sites. Um, and then it affects us emotionally as well. Well, and so on a construction site or with people that are working with heavy machinery, working with tools, working at, at elevated levels up on floors of buildings that are getting built, that sort of thing, those things seem like, I mean, it could have an immediate and dangerous impact because they're so focused or have this attention deficit because of the phone or because of this piece of technology. So we're talking about these this attention deficit, people not being focused, sure. or they're they're switching focus eight to twelve seconds, or switching all the time. When you're working at a construction site, when you're driving a vehicle, when you're you know up working on floors of a sky, a sky rise that isn't built yet, that sort of attention deficit or that sort of lack of focus seems like it could add to human factors or human error going on in the workplace. Sure, absolutely. One can uh, miss uh, a crane, uh, the boom of a crane swing towards them. Um, they could fall from major heights. Um, they may not hear a backup alarm on an excavator or a bulldozer on a site. Um, Yes, it, it does exasperate it. But I will have to say many companies, at least the bigger companies, uh, the corporate companies, a lot of them have uh, no cell phone policy on construction sites when they're on the job because of, you know, because of that very issue. Um, but, you know, this is also happening in, in office spaces and agriculture as well. Um, where people are shifting their attention constantly. So it's really causing a lot of physical, emotional, and mental stress. Well, I just wanted to sort of define um, what techno stress actually is and, and, um, you know, and how it does affect our population negatively on and off the job. And it has been identified as a psychological disorder. And a clinical psychologist, Craig Broad, back in 1984, 1984, Mike, um, and this, is, this was prior to when we, we have Facebook and Instagram and way more emails. Um, as you know, um, when we're on the job, we get tons of emails and people expect us to automatically reply. So it affects our thought processes as well. 
Um, and a lot of studies that have been conducted have likened techno stress to an addictive behavior. Um, and even citing that similar symptoms of craving and withdrawal, just like alcohol or drugs or gambling. Um, so, you know, it's becoming a major issue. We have a lot of pressure to answer emails at all hours, um, which intrudes on our personal lives and it interrupts family and recreation time. Um, you know, there's been a lot of pressure from society and our mainstream media to keep plugged in all the time, every waking hour. Um, and the concept of personal time is vanishing in many professions um, because of this. Um, I think there is, I think there is a problem of being way overconnected. So um, it's really something that we need to continue to take a look at um, because, you know, it's become a vicious cycle. We're having a lot of issues that affect our mental health. It's in it, and it's boiling over into the workplace. And then we have employees who are having a lot of anxiety, depression. And then now what do they have to do? They go to the doctor. Oh, and I can't sleep. It affects our sleep as well because we constantly are having um, technology, marketing coming at us, um, tweets, if we're into tweeting, um, which I, I, I'll have to say I'm not a big fan of. Um, but uh, uh, Dr. Rachel Bishar, um, and she has a research interest in media psychology, she coined the term phrase, in, not insanity, but instantanity which describes how responses to emails or text messages have come to be expected in an instant. Um, so people cannot just focus and calm down. And as you see, there's been, uh, yoga has emerged over the last 10 years um, and meditation. Uh, there's been a lot of talk now about meditation and mindfulness. But it's very difficult because our entire population, for the most part, is connected. Um, and employers also, you know, they expect you, and, and teachers are a great example of this. You know, they teach for eight hours a day. And then they have to answer emails from parents. Um, and that could be at night, it could be in the morning, on and off the job. So people can't calm down or um, come to rest. And they're constantly shifting their, um, their they're constantly shifting their uh, brains to the left, to the right, up and down, all over the place. And so now, you know, we're, then people will go to the doctor and say, hey, something's wrong with me. And then what does a doctor do? They're going to prescribe them something to calm them down, whether it be anti-anxiety drug or something for depression. Um, so, you know, people are aware of it. But the hard part is, you know, and, and whenever we have a flaw, is recognizing it and working to limit that or control that issue. 
Well, and what it sounds like, and I'm really breaking this into two parts because your your background is so vast that I can really do this with you because I'm, I'm seeing it emerging from what you're saying. Now, what you're saying is this this techno this techno stress curve was defined in 1984. It was defined and talks about addictive behavior that there's craving and withdrawals, and it's it's similar to alcohol and drugs where people feel like they need to keep plugged in all the time. This is an emotional thing that's that's happening at the cognitive level. Personal time is vanishing. All this stuff, and really, what I'm seeing is two pieces of this. And the way I guess the most simple way for me to break it up is I see an issue at both the the blue collar level that I would call it people working with machinery people doing a a skill where they need to be working with their hands that sort of thing I also see the white collar side of it and I get it that that companies say a construction company they may have this no distraction policy no cell phones that sort of thing and I get that on the kind of the blue collar side the worker side but here's what I'm seeing from what you're saying. So if we just look at the the blue collar side of things where you may have a no distraction policy, well, we also have policies that say you can't come to, to work drunk or high. You can't use drugs. We have testing. We have that sort of thing. But what it sounds like, and this is, correct me if I'm wrong here, but what it sounds like is we may have those policies for no distraction, but that doesn't seem like it would help somebody who may have this addiction to their cell phone where even though it may not be able to be used, even though they may have to leave it in their truck or they may not be able to bring it on the, onto the work site, that addiction is still there. So it could still be a problem on the work site, even if the device isn't there. Sure. Absolutely. For example, say, um, say we have a laborer setting up a ladder to work on a, on a higher elevation. And he's going to put the ladder up, and if, if he, they have an attention, again, it's the attention span. He may not really be thinking about setting the uh, ladder up safely. Um, and he may just go and just put it, and then he may not even recognize what's going on on top. Um, and you know, all they have to do is look away. If they're not concentrating on placing a ladder, and this is just a small example, in the in a, the right place, and then having three rungs hang over the top, um, just for a nanosecond, he may shift his attention to something else. Because then again, you know, we're not ha- we don't have the attention span of a minute or 20 seconds and he may just look away or he might think about something else and then whoops the ladder tips and it could tip on him it could tip on other workers but that's just a small example and so and i think the similar thing happens for somebody who may be addicted to alcohol or drugs that they may not come to the work site under the influence but that addiction is still there and it also now leads me to this idea that, okay, on the work site, when we're working with heavy machinery, when we're operating um, a refinery and we're in the control room, those sorts of things, I think people really understand the need for a no distraction policy. But I also think it's kind of interesting, this addictive issue with techno stress, this addictive issue with being connected all the time, 
which kind of leads me into this kind of white collar side of things where it's expected to be connected. Now, not only are those folks now dealing with, hey, I want to be on Facebook to see if my friends are doing, to see how many likes I get, to make sure I'm up to speed on the post that just came out the last minute. But now on that kind of white collar, you know, cubicle side, you work in an office, you work in marketing, you work in a business. Now it sounds like you're saying, well, it's not only that people on the on the work site are addicted to their phones and being connected, but now in the white collar side of things, it seems like we may actually in our in our companies and our corporations and our industries for those types of things, we may be adding to that level of addiction. Oh, I totally agree. And we are, um, you know, with, with white collar workers, of course, um, most likely you're in an office most of the day or you're out and about. Um, we have like, for, for example, the insurance industry, um, a lot of loss control um, specialists will drive out to their clients whether it's a, a warehouse or a construction site or a, or a refinery, um, and they're on the road. And, of course, you know, there are laws now about talking on cell phones, texting, which obviously many millions of people totally disregard, um, and they're not considerate of their safety or, or other, safe, other motorists on the road. Um, and we're seeing, you know, also a high increase in motor vehicle incidents because of this. Um, and actually one of the, the top fatalities and injuries right now in the, in the workplace is people driving and being on phones and getting into an accident. Um, because, of course, they will have to check what their kids are doing and they have to check to see, you know, their girlfriend calling or what that, hey, what did the Dow do? Um, and, you know, we, we already have a huge uh, problem with vehicle incidents. Um, but just adding with the techno stress, again, people aren't paying attention to the road um, and who's around them. So... You know this. It you know it just exasperates. It's kind of like a vicious cycle. Well, and I definitely see that. And I think a lot of people get that. And so, really, where you're, where it sounds like you're coming from, and where you're leading me to think about, is the fact that hey, we do have policies in place, and we do have laws in place. But those policies and laws, and you've heard me say this before, and I've heard I get it from other people that rules are not controls. Like we can have these rules, but if there's an addictive quality or an addictive personality or, or this addiction to the device, if it's truly an addiction, if it's truly impacting us at that cognitive level, at that biological level, at the, you know, serotonin, dopamine, all that stuff happens because of the device. And we're driving ourselves to feel like we need to be connected all the time those rules and those laws, because they're not controls, they're not something that we can, we can count on to prevent this, this addiction. What are 
some of the solutions that are out there because I think people are understanding and because we all feel it, they feel that need to respond right away to an email. They feel the phone buzz in their pocket or it, or it dings on them in the center console of their car and they can see it's from their boss. They can see it's from a fellow safety professional or an, an operator that may have a question and they feel like they need to answer that right away even though they're doing 70 miles an hour on the freeway. If those rules and laws aren't really sufficient to deal with this issue, what are some solutions that people out there can use for themselves or for their industry or for their company that can maybe help us with this idea of techno stress? Well, I'm glad you asked me that. And first, I want to start on the macro level. Our society, our Congress, our government allows products and goods on the market that can affect public health negatively, like alcohol, like drugs, like we're seeing with opioids. Okay, and our, our lawmakers and our government and Congress are there to protect the people. And, um, you know, I don't want to get into the whole political discussion um, that, that we're experiencing at the moment. But what I have seen since working um, in Washington, D.C. since 1996 through several presidential administrations is, you know, again, these companies who manufacture goods and products, um, and they may say they're safe, um, like pharmaceutical industry said opioids were safe, and look, look what we're dealing with. So on the macro level, we really need to start holding our government and our Congress lawmakers, uh, our elected representatives, accountable for protecting our public and mental health. Um, but a lot of them are making big bucks from the lobby industry. And then what happens is then now we're seeing all these issues and then we have to spend taxpayer money um, in government research and universities um, to help study the, these problems and then come up with solutions. Now, on a, in an employer level, which we're seeing a really great trend right now, is employers are finally getting it how it is very important to have well, wellness programs in the workplace. And, you know, a lot of these problems started at the macro level, and then they're coming down into the personal level, which is now spilling into the workplace. So... Um, you know, there's a lot of great companies now and even smaller, small business have understood if my employees, if I provide some wellness programs or a discount at a gym um, or we do some group, um, group mindfulness, they're going to, people are going to calm down. People are going to uh, be a little bit more healthier. Now, what we can do ourselves and you know it really starts with us we can have all these policies in place research done procedures but you know our health starts with us and being a wise consumer number one number two it is imperative that people exercise it is imperative to our health 
it's imperative to disconnect. For example, a lot of people will wake up in the morning and the first thing they do, instead of maybe taking a look outside and look at the trees and the grass and the sky, um, what do they do? They get on their um, personal devices. Same thing at night. Um, people may be on their uh, phones all day or computers all day and then they go home and they connect again. And they may connect, be connected all through dinner and then through, uh, through bedtime. And then they can't sleep because they, they're so overstimulated and their central nervous system is overstimulated. They can't calm down. Their brain is constantly shifting every, every few seconds. Um, so, and this is how I became a yoga practitioner because I had a very high profile job in Washington and I represented constituents all over the country. I had a listserv, email, telephone, um, and I was a one woman show at the time. So I would get 30, 40 calls a day, emails. Now, how can you do your job and then have to respond to all of that? So this is, and I wasn't sleeping. Um, I noticed a change in my demeanor. And I'm not one, I'm not a big fan of pharmaceuticals. I'm not a big fan of, of alcohol to calm your nerves. Um, because what I learned, you know, all of these things that we put in, a, in our body is bad for us. So that's when I really started getting into the study of yoga. And this is the traditional yoga because, as you know, America likes to Americanize everything. Um, but it's really important for people to learn how to breathe, how to really focus and be mindful of what they're doing. Um, I had a, a colleague that I worked with, and... I would go in to talk to him and he'd be on the phone on his computer and try to talk to me at the same time. And I would say, get off your phone, get off your computer and look me right in the eye and talk to me. Um, because, you know, as you as you've seen and we've read a lot of press and research recently on this is people are just not being mindful of what they're doing. They're constantly thinking, well, gee, what did I miss? Oh, I'm going to have to look this up for my kid. So what we can do mentally or mentally for us, um, again, is exercise, nutrition. Nutrition is so important to our concentration and memory um, and eating lots of greens, B vitamins. That's very good for us. Yoga, yoga is the best medicine. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of it. Um, but it helps calm the central nervous system. It calms the fight or flight response. Um, and breathing, really, because people don't breathe right. And when they're looking at a computer or a screen, many people hold their breaths, which affects our brain. So... Um, other things, obviously, being out in nature, um, in the sea, in the mountains, even walking in the park, um, because that is so imperative to our mental and our physical health. Well, and it sounds like this is kind of a great place to kind of wrap up. Now, we talked about the issues with techno stress, how it's actually a 
an addictive disorder that that impacts us biologically, physiologically, mentally. It impacts all those things. And then because of that, it impacts our workplaces, how we deal with others. And I kind of like where you ended that with solutions we have. I mean, we get the macro level, but the things about legislators and that higher level that we really don't have that that much control over. I liked how you went into what employers are doing with wellness programs, with looking out for their employees, with recognizing that this is an issue that although they don't have control over what the legislators and the manufacturers are doing, they do have control over what they do within their company. And by focusing on people, by trying to develop wellness programs, by educating folks, they're having this, this, proactive impact on how these devices and computers and all of this stuff is impacting the the workforce. So they're trying to get a better workplace experience for people. And then I really liked how you went into, well, what can we do? The most control I have over my life and my perceptions and what I deal with every day is really what I can do. So the fact that we understand that by using our mobile phones all the time or, or being connected all the time, that it does have a psychological and physiological impact on us. I really like the fact you gave us some things we can do right away. Exercise, nutrition, yoga, breathing. That being said, as we wrap this up, you are a yoga instructor. I mean, you're a practitioner, that sort of thing. But say I'm in my office and I know I have a meeting. Somebody's coming up to meet with me in five minutes. You talked about the fact that people don't really breathe right. Is there a, a breathing uh, exercise or something you can give us that we can do in a few minutes before that meeting, something we can practice right now that, hey, maybe we can't go for a walk at, uh, out in nature right now. Maybe we can't do exercises right now, but is there something we can do right now with our breathing? that can get us ready for that meeting to be more connected, to be more attentive? Sure, absolutely. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people breathe from their, um, their chest area up, but we actually calm, down, calm ourselves if we do some very deep breathing. And what I mean by that deep breathing, uh, and the yoga term is called pranayama, by the way, and we want to breathe through our nose, not our mouths, but through our nose and inhale and draw breath from our abdomen up through our thoracic spine, up through, fill our ribs, our, the area between our front and back ribs with air, up through our cervical spine. I wish you could see me doing this right now. <laughs> and then you want to take long breaths, but inhaling in. Uh, so you're sitting there, inhale through your nose, hold your breath, and then exhale through your nose. But when you exhale, you want to exhale the reverse of how you inhale. So you're going to inhale from your abdomen. Let your side ribs fill with air. Air comes up through your thoracic and cervical spine. 
hold it, and then exhale the opposite. You exhale through your cervical spine, through your thoracic, back down to your abdomen. And you can do five of those, sitting in your chair or standing. Um, or you can do that laying on the floor if, if you're in a situation where you can let just lay down on the floor for a few minutes and do that. Well, I think that's a great tip for people because that's kind of, I think, where people are looking for something that during the middle of their day, they're all amped up. They've got all these emails coming in. They've got all this stuff going on. And if they could take just a few minutes to do that, I think that, pra that practice can help people deal with this idea of techno stress. So I know we covered a lot here. We covered kind of like the, the educational level theory of techno stress. And then we talked about what is causing it. And we talked about some solutions to it, not only at the at the employer level, but actually at the individual level. But I know it was just kind of a, a gloss over over some of this stuff. So if people wanted to find out more from you, connect with you about this, get some more insight, maybe, you know, look at look at solutions for themselves or for their company, how do they get a hold of you and are you open to people reaching out to you? Absolutely. Um, they can reach out to me on my LinkedIn page and it's Carolyn McCabe Guillermo or at my email address, cgmccabe at gmail.com. I also have recently uh, put a presentation together on building a good foundation on health and wellness where we address techno stress and addiction and nutrition, um, the gamut on how to be physically healthy and it's a 90-minute program that I do and do demonstrations on breathing techniques and mindfulness. Well, perfect. I'll put uh, both of those. I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile, and I'll also put your email for anybody out there that wants to get in touch with you. And Carolyn, really, thank you for, for being on the show, and thank you for talking about this, this real-time issue of, of techno stress. I think a lot of people got some good value out of it. Well, Mike, I appreciate being invited, and, um, you know, I really enjoy the work that you do on human behavior, um, because we, you know, as you know, we can have all these controls and policies and procedures in place to protect people or to protect people's health, um, but it starts with us, and, uh, you know, human variables uh, take a lot of uh, chances on whether something we have a good outcome or a negative outcome. So, you know, thanks for all the great work you're doing in human behavior. Well, thank you for that. And hey, everybody out there, I really want to thank you for listening. This has been a great topic that I think is pertinent to a lot of people out there, not only to your own health, but to those of your fellow coworkers, your company your industry. This is a big deal that's out there. So really pay attention to this idea of techno stress. And if you get a chance, I would love to connect with you. You can visit me at www.crucialtalks.com. Connect with me via email, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever works for you. And if you need anything, I want you to feel free to reach out to me. Also, if you can do me a quick favor, share the podcast, review it, rate it. That would really help us grow this 
group of people that are really interested in what drives them and what drives other people and people interested in these conversations, just like the one we have with Carolyn. So have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. Please review, share, and subscribe to the Crucial Talks podcast. Visit CrucialTalks.com.